Hello and welcome to The Nerd Degree. It's me, Brendan Bennett. And I'm Matt Powell. Matt is the host of this episode, which is all about music. And what an episode it was. Uh, yeah, I learned some things about uh, key signatures. And uh, you'll, you'll get to hear this, but uh, <sighs> Matt got a little bit owned. <laughs> In a big way. So, uh, Matt, you, you used to be a regular guest on Nerd Degree, but you moved up to Wellington. What's happening up in Wellington? Uh, in Wellington, a show that I'm really excited about is called Late Night Knife Fight. Um, it's run by Jennifer O'Sullivan, who uh, hosted the previous episode and is on this episode. Uh, but it's a monthly improv show where teams of improvisers battle for the right for the headlining slot in the next month's show. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, sounds awesome. Um, okay, so Nerd Degree is starting now. Uh, we're recording another live episode first Wednesday of the month. Uh, come along and see us then. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nerd Degree Duly Noted. Uh, my name is Matt Powell, and let's hear it again uh, for that magnificent live rendition of the Nerd Degree theme tune. Uh, it's all the more impressive for our listeners at home uh, when you realise that uh, Ben, uh, playing on the recorder, couldn't see Michael uh, because Michael was sitting behind his huge, elaborately constructed, ornate, gilded harpsichord that he hand-built. And that's the sort of thing that you can see if you come to a live recording of The Nerd Degree and join our studio audience. You at home can't see that magnificent sight for yourself, but studio audience, isn't it a treat? Yeah. Uh, my name's Matt Powell. As I said, this is duly noted, uh, the Nerd Degree episode that is not merely all about that bass, but also treble and alto, um, in which we find out whether the teams will band together or forever be cleft in twain. <coughs> All right, playing for you tonight, we have... My name is Jeff Clark. I'm an improviser, comedian, writer, and general nerd, and uh, I uh, am very glad to be here. If I could play any one particular instrument, um, I'm, I'm sadly not very fluent in any, but the one that I would love to play the most is the guitar, because I see far too many people rocking up with acoustic guitars to parties and sitting in the corner and trying to get all the, all, all the attention, but uh, I think if you pulled out a guitar, you'd get that dance floor jamming. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, hi, I'm Katie. I am a lawyer and also an improv musician. And um, it's really boring, but I would like to play the acoustic guitar uh, so that I can get more attention at parties. Um, and uh, together we are Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson Pollock. Pollock. Thank you very much, Michael Jackson Pollock. Give him a round of applause. And over to the other side we have... Hi, I'm Brendan Bennett and... Well, I can actually already play an instrument. Uh, in, in my youth, I was the second cornet in the Salvation Army Junior Band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think it gets any better than that, so there's no use trying. Great. That's good call. Uh, uh, and I'm Jennifer O'Sullivan, and uh, if I could play any instrument, it would be the old school massive church organ, because oh, yeah. I feel like... Just the amount of space and noise mm -hmm. that that takes up and makes just make me really happy. 
And I really like. I, I feel like I would get a lot of attention at parties. <laughs> <laughs> but so the parties would have to be at yeah. your church. Yeah. <laughs> the best kind of parties <laughs> are at churches. And of course, together we are Selenium Gomez. Selenium Gomez. Gomez. Excellent. Yes. All right, that's the teams introduced. Uh, joining me in the box, of course, tonight, keeping scores, we're lucky to be joined by the spirit of Keith Moon. Hello, hello, Matt. How are you? You all right? I'm very well, thank you, Keith Moon. Uh, what are you looking for tonight? I'm looking forward to drinking this shipping crate full of brandy. <laughs> Aren't we all, Keith Moon? Excellent. All right, well, uh, before we get into the first round, which is the nerd quotient, uh, let's have a little bit of David Bowie. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I shall begin. We're going uh, to our first round, which is the nerd quotient round. It's a series of questions designed to test your nerdly knowledge around music. Um, just ding in when you know the answer. If an oboe is a duck, what is a clarinet? Katie. Another animal in Peter and the Wolf. So, yes, so you know the reference. You know the reference. Uh, does anyone know what animal uh, the clarinet might be? Is it the cat? It is the cat. Yeah. Whoa! Uh, yeah. So, um, so, so here's here's the one. cat. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Peter and the Wolf, of course, uh, composed in 1936 by Sergei Prokofiev. Does anybody? Can anybody? This is for extra points. Can anybody tell me any of the other animals and what instruments oh. or sections of the orchestra? Brendan. There's a, definitely a wolf. There's definitely a wolf. Uh, can you tell me what instrument uh, represented the wolves? Just like growling and grinding the bones. <laughs> I, well, I, you, you, you play the cornet, right? Yes. So what's the closest thing in the orchestra that you can... can Trumpet. Uh, I'm close. No. I wasn't in the junior orchestra. I was That's in the true. junior I, band. I was, I was, I'm not sure if the wolf was a tuba or not, but I know that Grandpa was an old bassoon. Grandfather was a bassoon. The wolf yep. was the French horn. French horn. Uh, anybody else? Any others? There's a, there's a, there's a duck. There's, um... The duck was played by the... The, the oboe, the correct? Thing. Was it in the question? Peter, Peter, was, the, Peter was the flute, wasn't he? Da, 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 da. Or was it strings? Uh, Peter, Peter was the strings. Yeah. Uh, there was a flute. It played a little bird. Uh, and there was one more. The hunters, which were represented by the timpani. Dramatic. Great. So um, other famous narrators of, the, of um, Peter and the Wolf, because that was, of course, David Bowie from Peter and the Wolf, his recording in 1978. Oh. Of course. Um, but other famous <laughs> narrators uh, include Eleanor Roosevelt, Alec Guinness, Ben Kingsley, Sean Connery, both Attenboroughs, Christopher Lee, Sting, Lenny Henry, Sophia Loren, and Alice Cooper. <laughs> Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper oh, narrated Alice Co- Peter and the Wolf. I, I'm, I'm sure there must have been some industrial machinery in there, you know, like, the highway is represented by the electric guitar. <laughs> Sorry, can I ask, who's the other Attenborough? Uh, Richard and David. Richard! Richard! From Jurassic Only Park David is in my heart. Oh. Move on. Move right. On. All right. Uh, question two. What do Radiohead's Creep, Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven, and Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams' Blurred Lines have in common? Oh, they... Brendan? Uh, sorry, I didn't ring my bell. You didn't ring your bell, but you did start talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like your initiative. <laughs> I, you know, I feel terrible about this. Um... I, it, with, uh, they've all been accused of stealing their riffs from somewhere else. That's correct. 
Um, yeah, creep um, uses a chord progression oh, and, and a melody. Yes, of course. Um, Robin Thicke and Pharrell are both creeps. Ah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so creep um, uses a chord progression from "The Air That I Breathe" by the Hollies and steals a melody completely. Um, Still at a heaven, there was a, a long-running court battle uh, with um, the band Spirit, who had an instrumental called Taurus. Um, that they claimed Stairway to Heaven was a ripoff of. Blurred Lines is the most interesting one. Um, Robin Thicke... The only time you can say that. (laughs) (laughs) Robin Thicke uh, claimed that he was high on Vicodin and drunk the entire time, so it was entirely uh, Pharrell Williams' fault. Um, (laughs) But the interesting thing about the Blurred Lines lawsuit uh, is that uh, it was actually Robin Thicke, Pharrell Williams and T.I. that sued Marvin Gaye's family uh, because... Um, they kind of claimed that there was copyright infringement, but they didn't actually bring a lawsuit, and so uh, it was kind of counter-suing first. So it was it was a little unclear whether they'd given consent to yeah, the yeah. use that's, of their music. It was that's uh, right. Yeah. They, they knew they wanted it, though. They knew they wanted it. Why is anyone caught up on the legal technicalities? Um, like Spirit of Keith Moon, can you just draw a little little frown beside Jeff's score, oh, please? I certainly can. Oh. Um, can I get I a bonus point? the song. I was only quoting the song. I just want to add in that um, Avril Lavigne's song, uh, Hey, Hey, You, You, I Don't Like Your Girlfriend, also is one of these songs. Mm. Is it? Yeah. And I hate her heaps less than I hate Robin Thicke. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Um, Interestingly, of those three songs, uh, the only unsuccessful judgment was against uh, Stairway to Heaven. Mm. Um, In fact, I believe what happened in in court was uh, the judge asked the jury, do you think Taurus came first? And uh, the jury said, no, Stairway. (laughs) <laughs> okay, good, excellent let's, let's move on I have no idea what that means that was a, that was a Wayne's World reference No Stairway oh. Didn't know oh. stairway. But my No Stairway was denied <laughs> Alright uh, Moving along, question three What musical phrase links Winston Churchill Ludwig van Beethoven And Samuel Morse Oh, yes um, oh, ringing a bell. How about, oh, did you just do it? I did. I rang the bell. You rang the bell. <laughs> and did you do it in the Morse code of... I, I, I did it. I'm not that clever. I'm sorry. I was just going to say Ode to Joy. It's not Ode to Joy. Okay, never mind. What was your question? Answer? So it was, a, it was the, the Morse code for, uh, like, V? For yes. victory? Yes. Um, that... <laughs> yes, like that. Yes. Oh! So, so the, the V for victory, Winston yes. Churchill, um, and then it was sent as a Morse code signal to signify victory, and it is the, uh, it's the, dun, 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 dun. Yes, it's the opening notes of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony in C major. Wow. Excellent. I'm learning so much. Yeah. It's in C major. C major's the easiest one, so fair enough. Yeah. Sounds like it's in a minor. Because so that's what we know v about Beethoven. Major. He took the easy way out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's you're pretty much on the money there. Um, you pretty much said all the facts that I have written down about that. Um, so does anyone does anyone else have any distinctive song openings that they like? That uh, like. Let's have a banana. <laughs> 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 I don't think that one, yeah. I would say. Did, I don't know if anyone else had this experience as a like teenager. I would listen to the radio. Constantly, yeah, and trying to tape those songs that you like. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, but after a while, like 
you could recognize what song it was going to be like if there was a live version from the kind of applause at the start of yes. the song. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be like, you'd be like, oh, it's that kind of clap. It must be that song. Oh, that's so good. Ah. Or like when someone would like yell something out partway through the thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I listen to a lot of I listen to a lot of Tori Amos because <laughs> I am one of those women. And um, there's like heaps of her live recordings, and there's always some dickhead in the audience that says, "I love you, Myra Allen," because that's her real name. And you're uh. just like. You're not a you're not a good fan. <laughs> Stop it. He's like, I'm really showing her that I get her, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked yeah. her up on Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. I've got a copy of her birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> I know where her parents are buried. <laughs> oh no, they're still alive. They go to her gigs. Okay. Good. Good. Um, <clears throat> You're the right type of Tori Amos. Sure am. <laughs> I, I, I used to, I used to, I used to really enjoy uh, U2's music, and particularly the opening to uh, "Where the Streets Have No Name" because yes. it was like a one minute and a half intro yeah. of just gradual, and then ding, 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 ding. You know, yeah. the guitar just playing just, over just and over again, pedal. And again and again and again. Yeah. It's again an effects pedal solo. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Someone's raising their hand in the audience. Oh. <laughs> it's sometime panelist Karen Healy. <laughs> That's it's pretty good. good. It's pretty good. Karen, you also, really are the Hermione Granger of nerd degree. <laughs> um, I'm also a huge fan of the drum intro to Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Jeff, we need to move this episode along because I believe you've got an audition for a Cadbury commercial in the morning. Okay, next question. What is the most covered song of all time? I've got a list of the top ten. Oh, I was just going to guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say um, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Uh, that doesn't even make the top ten, I'm afraid. Oh. Happy birthday? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, interestingly, Happy Birthday doesn't have a lot of officially recorded covers uh, because of the copyright issues. Just Marilyn right. Monroe. There are, there, you have options for us that you're going to say or not? Uh, mm. No, I, I have a list of the top ten, and if you can get anywhere in the top ten, oh, you get points. Okay, Silent Night. Uh, no. What? Mac the Knife. No. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. No, it's not on the list. None of these songs are on the list. You're on the right track with Beatles, though. There are lots of Beatles songs on the list. Um, Yesterday. Yesterday is number one by the Beatles. Nice. Uh, It's been covered more than 3,000 times, uh, including by Joan Baez, Liberace, Sinatra, Elvis, Daffy Duck, On Vogue, and Boys to Men. My Way. Uh, By Frank Sinatra. Yes. Uh, It's not on the list. (sighs) Good, because that really, it's quite a unique song. Yeah. They can't all be doing it their way. Any Frank Sinatra song. Any Frank Sinatra song. <laughs> there are no Frank Sinatra okay, songs okay. on the list. Wow. I feel like there should be a jazz standard in there. Yeah. Oh, there yeah, is no. a jazz standard in there. Uh, is it like White Christmas? No. Oh. I, I'm on a different topic. <laughs> okay. Uh, jazz. Anyone in the jazz. audience like to hazard a guess? Give me a jazz song. Any Christmas song. There are no Christmas songs on the list. Okay. Okay. I don't think your list is legit. Sorry? No. Not House of the Rising Sun. Uh, th- these, I think, uh, these these no seem, seem to be mostly pop or rock songs. Uh, so, uh, but there are but there are some non-pop or rock songs in there. Like a jazz song. There's a jazz. There's a, there song is a jazz in there. song in there. Moonlight Sonata. No. Oh, <laughs> it, it had to be you. 
No. End of news. No. Oh There's songs. There's songs with the lyrics. Can uh, we have some hints? Uh, there are a lot of Beatles songs. Like they're half Beatles. Oh, songs. Hey Jude. No. Uh, Yellow Black submarine. Bird. Blackbird is in there. It's oh, number eight. Oh, Help. Oh, landslide. No. Okay. Okay, the top ten okay. in order. Okay. Uh, yesterday by the Beatles. Mm. Eleanor Rigby at number two. Mm. Wow. Really? No. Cry Me a River at number three. No. Not the Justin Timberlake oh. version, the Julian oh. London version. Uh, number four, we're back to the Beatles with And I Love Her. Um, I don't agree with the list. Where did you get the list? I got the list uh, from a fairly reputable online source. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I believe I it was Rock. I think it was Rolling Stone. I think it was Rolling Stone. The one I the one I actually checked. I'm never wrong. Uh, number five is I can't get no satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a really well, great uh, PJ Number six, Imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, number seven is our jazz standard. It's summertime from Porgy and Bess. Oh, of course. Uh, uh, number eight is Blackbird. Number nine, Over the Rainbow. Oh, yeah. And number ten, The Look of Love by Dusty Springfield. Oh. So that's the top oh. ten most covered songs. That was a contentious round. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next question. Why was the Terminator theme ahead of its time? Because, oh. because he brought it back with him from the future. Yeah. <laughs> he brought nothing back from the future, not even clothes. Yeah, he didn't have clothes, but he had that. He was humming that tune. <laughs> <laughs> As he was transformed. There's something back. about the tune, though. Is it, was it something to do with the, uh, the, the, the fact that they actually whack anvils during the, the song? It's not, it's not anvils, it's frying pans. Ah. Um, um, and it was, but it, it is to do with that, kind of. Is it, did the copyright for the song get registered after the copyright for the movie? No. Oh, was the time signature the a time signature, time signature? The time signature is messy for the song. Because when Brad Fiedel, the composer, uh, was using a synthesizer to record himself whacking frying pans, um, he, didn't, he didn't have automatic uh, timing correction, and so he relied on his finger pressing the button. Um, and he was aiming for 7-8, but he got slightly less than 7-8, uh, but slightly more than 6-8 in the time signature. Uh, so it ended up being closest to 13-16. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, that's, so that's a long time in the past. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, but the end result is that the music feels like it's uh, the beat feels like it's falling forwards. Uh, hence ahead of its time. You're getting a lot of good like yeah. Yeah. And the last question for the nerd question round. Okay. I was in a band once uh, called Seven Hertz. What's the significance of the name Seven Hertz? Yes. Like, lots of things, but like, kicks. Like, getting kicked seven times hurts. <laughs> True. More than, well, more, than, True. more than five or six, even. Yeah, I was not kicked once in that band. Mm. You, okay, you then were... you're ahead of most bands, I'd say. <laughs> we only did one kick. <laughs> Katie? Is that the frequency of a particular note? Uh, it is the frequency of something. It's to do with the frequency, yes. I'm glad I got that right. So, so seven hertz time. <laughs> Is it is it is it the frequency that is too low to hear but low enough to be felt? You're on the right track. Mm. Um, seven hertz tone corresponds to the brain's median alpha wave frequency, <laughs> and so this is interesting. <laughs> this so is you what you would explain so you... at the opening of each gig. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> good morning, Christian. <laughs> So the, what, the that's why we only hit one gig. So, so what you're saying is you were really average. <laughs> uh, 
So um, when you hear it, infrasonic frequencies can directly affect the human central nervous system, causing disorientation, anxiety, panic, bowel spasms, nausea, vomiting, and eventually unconsciousness, much like our cover of Kryptonite. Yeah. I was was at that gig. That that stands. (laughs) But it says here that the effect is unintentionally, question mark, generated by extreme low frequencies in church pipe organ music, instilling religious feelings and causing sensations of extreme sorrow, coldness, anxiety, and even shivers down the spine. That's why I want to play the organ. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when when I was uh, I used to be the host of a of a ghost tour mm. where I tell people ghost stories, and I really wanted to set up like an infrasound thing because it's some people think it's the cause for uh, like feelings of there being a ghost or even uh, ghostly hallucinations. Yeah, that's the 19 hertz frequency. And the reason that that happens is it's the resonant frequency of your eyeball. And it can make uh, ocular hallucinations happen. Mm. Uh, But I'm glad you didn't play a 7 hertz tone uh, at your ghost walk. Because... the brown note? um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it was... was Weaponized by the Russian French physicist Vladimir Gavro in 1957. Um, And uh, in the movie Biggles. They were he was he was asked to investigate. (laughs) I don't get that reference. The movie Biggles, they have a sound weapon that they use on people. Wow. Yeah. That's a deep nerd cut right there. Tell me what the tell me what the so he was, he was investigating uh, what, what they call sick building syndrome, and they thought it was like an airborne pathogen, but he, uh, he eventually tracked it down to a, a frequency that was being generated by some of the machinery. And so he started um, experimenting with weaponizing this and making sonic cannons. Uh, they tested them. They tested the instrument, instruments on themselves, and one of the team died instantly. His, and I quote: "His internal organs mashed into an amorphous jelly by the vibrations." Uh, and uh, Gavro writes: "Luckily, we were able to turn it off quickly. All of us were sick for hours. Everything in us was vibrating: stomach, heart, lungs. All the people in the other laboratories were sick too. They were very angry with us." <laughs> So on that, can, uh, I give you, can I give you a fun fact about, yes. about bands that we used to be yes. in? I used to be in a band called Eyes of a Passenger. Oh, and, that's interesting. And we won, we won a thing called Mosh Fest. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to tell... Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Turn it off before I kill you. Oh, uh, so it off! Uh, <laughs> That's Jen O'Sullivan's uh, high school smoke-free rock fest band. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, I just wanted to tell you about Mosh Fest. I didn't want to hear it. That <laughs> <laughs> was great. I was in a band too once. Um, <laughs> I, I was in a, a, a ragtag bunch of people from the University of Canterbury Students Association, and we played the End of Lectures Festival. And um, I got to sing. I got, to, funnily enough, I got to sing Kryptonite as well. It was the, it was the late nineties. <laughs> That's pretty much what everyone sang if they were in a band. Um, but I got to sing it to an an entirely full mosh pit of drunken students. So. I'm not sure if I was great, but they treated me as if I was. Rock and roll, my friend. Fantastic. Uh, Throw up horns for Jeff Clark. Spirit of Keith Moon, what are the scores at the end of the nerd question round? Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm just throwing a TV out of a hotel window onto another TV. (laughs) I've got no idea on the scores. Oh, let me have a... One of the teams with the man and the woman is on eight points. 
And the other team with a man and a woman is on five points and a frowny face. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, Celine yeah. Gomez. All right, uh, we come to the next round, which is called Three Cheers for Lady Mondegreen. Um, does anyone know what a Mondegreen is? Yes. Yes. Mm. Katie? It's a misheard lyric. It's a misheard song lyric. Do you I know why it's called it. a Mondegreen? I don't, because I learned it from you about an American. <laughs> <laughs> uh, American writer Silva- Sylvia Wright coined the term uh, Mondegreen in her essay, The Death of Lady Mondegreen. Um, and it's, it's a misheard line in a poem. Um, and it's talking about uh, they've slain the Earl of Moray and lady uh, and laid him on the green. Uh, but when she heard it, she heard they have they have slain the Earl of Moray and Lady Mondegreen. And she got this fascinating picture in her mind of the Earl uh, and his and his wife um, with their hands joined, even in death, just <laughs> bleeding profusely, but uh, faithful to the end. Um, and the, for her, that image was so much more powerful. Um, than just um, stabbing a Scottish guy and putting him on the grass. Um, so a misheard lyric uh, that seems better than the original. So w- what I've got is a collection of misheard lyrics um, from the Internet Archive of Misheard Lyrics, uh-huh. uh, kissthisguy.com. Yeah. Uh, does anyone know what that name is from? Yeah. Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Kiss Hendrix. Kiss this guy. Uh, the song is called... Kiss this guy. Oh, sh- I don't know what the song's called. The song is called me. Purple Haze. Oh, yeah, right. Excuse me. So one point to Selenium Gomez, but that's how this round works. I say the lyric, and you tell me uh, the song Mm -hmm. and the uh, the original lyric, the song and the artist. So we'll start with an easy one. The algebra has a devil for a sidekick. Oh my god, I knew it, and it's gone. Algebra has a devil for a sidekick. Sorry, I didn't that, from a short... Is that Bohemian Rhapsody? It is Bohemian Rhapsody. Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. Uh, next one. A spider, a ray gun, a seagull. Oh. Jeff? Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. <laughs> from Smashing Pumpkins, Bullet with Butterfly Rings. Right. That is so much better. Yeah, it is so much better. That's a true Mondegreen. Um, next one. A suitcase of Dramamine. I think the original lyric is suitcase of memories. Suitcase of memories, you're but correct. I can't remember the song that was from. Suitcase of memories. That's all I've got. Go. Shall I play the clip? Suitcase of memories. Time after time. time, after time. It's Cindy Lauper, time after time. Um, next one is Dramamine <laughs> And I mean a suitcase full yeah. <laughs> Unnecessary I mean the story's about Cindy Lauper maybe <laughs> uh, Next lyric My first real sex dream I got my first real sex string oh, yeah. Bought it at the five and dime Brian Adams Summer of 69 That's correct Oops, that one. I got my first real sex dream Bought it at the five and dime can I, uh, ask, can I ask, is that, yes. is that about sex? Is that song? Is that no, it was no, not the year 1969. Yeah, but is it? But is it? Yeah, but is it? It might be. Well, um, I hope not because the, um, the, the full lyric on com is, got my first real sex dream, buddy, I was five at the time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Played it till my fingers bleed. <laughs> Uh, next one. Wait. Stop now. Next one. Stop. Uh, next one is goodbye, aubergine. 
Oh, Jeff. Goodbye, Norma Jean from Candle in the Wind. <laughs> Not to be confused with Macy Gray's Goodbye Artichoke. Okay. People are going to leave their vegetables behind. <laughs> uh, two more. Okay. Uh, this next one. Um, his penis has a boil. <laughs> They're getting slightly tougher. <laughs> is, it, is it happiness? Oh, oh, it's yes. um, he's Venus as a boy, Bjork's Venus as a boy. Yes! Yes, Venus ah. as a boy by Bjork. Yes. <laughs> All right, Good. and the last one, your lemonade stand is on a big lean. Jeff's just going to try and sing that phrase to this to the tune of every song he knows, starting Your with Kryptonite. By three <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, clue, clue. Um, it's a '90s song. Oh, it's not from Smash Mouth, is it? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Your lemonade. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. Yeah, start coming and they don't stop coming. Lemonade stands on a big wing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a worthy try, a bonus point for that. Yes. Uh, but this is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful people. <laughs> uh, the beautiful people by Marilyn Manson. Does anyone know what the original lyric is? You, you live with apes, man. It's hard to be clean. You live with apes, man. It's hard to be clean. I like yeah. lemonade stand better. Yeah. yeah. And that is the essence of a true Mondegreen. Oh. The misheard lyric is better than the original. Spirit of Keith Moon, how did the scores stand at the end of that round? Tell me, Matt, have you ever put your head through a timpani? No, I've never put my head through a oh, timpani. Oh, you're missing out. <laughs> the scores... A Selenium Gomez on 13 points, Michael Jackson Pollock are on 10 points. Ooh, Ooh so close. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, uh, for our next, uh, our next round, we're going to welcome back to the harpsichord the amazing Mr. Michael Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, yes. Just uh, before you carry on, I just want to thank you for before for um, pointing out correctly that. Uh, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony is in fact in C major. Yes. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I mean, people have been claiming for a long time it's in C minor, but. Yeah, At least 20 minutes. Let me, let is, me, is, it, is it. Let me play it for you in C major. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a very sheltered childhood. My parents didn't want to expose me to any media that I might find upsetting. Uh, that, that sounds like the theme tune to a successful 80s sitcom. I've never seen anyone play a piano sarcastically. <laughs> Great. Well, that's, uh, that's, the inf- that's the information that I had. Uh, Michael Bell springs into the lead with that. Um, but this round, uh, Michael, um, I've asked Michael to prepare... Some covers of some classic theme tunes uh, from video games or movies. And I would like the teams to listen to those theme tunes and uh, tell me when they know what they are.
It was Star Wars. <gasps> yes, Jeff. Back to the future theme. Yes, it is. It's Back to the Future. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't actually have the answers in front of me, so I'm relying on audience applause to tell me whether they're right or not. <laughs> yep. Somewhere over the rainbow. It's not no. somewhere over the rainbow no. from Wizard of Oz. Oh, is it um, Star Trek? Yes. Yes. In a way, aren't the two the same? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yes, because um, both the original Star Trek The Motion Picture and the new Star Trek Motion Picture Star Trek Beyond have rainbows on their posters. Oh. There you go. Ten points of math. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gradually ramping up the hints as we go through <laughs> puzzled expressions uh, yes. in the room. Puzzled expressions, which you can only see by attending a live recording of the Nerd Group. Yeah. Yes, Tetris. Tetris. Yes. That's great. Tetris. <laughs> which the, they are making a movie of it, right? Yeah, they're making a Tetris movie, of so that would be the theme song for it. Um, I, uh, I encourage everyone to go to YouTube and look up the history of communist Russia to the Tetris theme tune. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing view. Uh, personal recommend. Uh, last one. Yes, last one. Excellent. Big hand for, for Michael Bell, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Michael, stay at the keyboard because we'll need you in a second. But uh, first, Spirit of Keith Moon, what are the scores after that round? Oh, sorry, man. You just caught me snorting cocaine off the head of a dwarf pony. 
Tell me, have you ever crashed a car into a swimming pool? No. Well, anyone could do that. The real talent's crashing a swimming pool into a car. <laughs> <laughs> the scores, Matt. <laughs> what day is it? The scores. <laughs> the scores are 16 to Selenium Gomez and, and 40 to Michael Jackson Pollock. All right. Uh, next round uh, is a very short round, I hope. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I was just cleaning something off the screen of my iPad and forgetting that when you touch the screen of an iPad, things happen. <laughs> uh, we come to the next round, which is a round uh, for Jeff and Jen. Uh, for this round, I would like you to sing a romantic duet to each other. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, the way this round is going to be scored by the Spirit of Keith Moon. Spirit, Spirit of Keith Moon, please play close attention to this round. Um, the way this round is going to be scored is uh, you get a point every time you include a musical pun or reference into your lyrics. Okay. The good news, Matt, is I'm very good with details. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you are, Keith. Uh, so, uh, this, of course, is accompanied by Michael Bell on the keyboard. Hey, Jeff. You're hey. looking sharp. So are you, Jen. Crotchet quaver. Oh, Jeff. Tell me more. Oh, Jen, when we met, I was a minor. I couldn't imagine anyone finer. I had to pause and catch a breath. Cause you get me in trouble, and I'm just Jeff and a cleft. Jeff just scored 200 points, man. <laughs> When you met me at that bar called Crescendo I was a little bit flat But you picked me up and you put me into a major key And then you turned me round and round And I sang lots of things in musical terms That's all of... I... you just... Have a rest! Oh. Yeah, have a rest Oh, Jen <laughs> Can our love sustain... Oh, Jen, you're the high notes in my brain. And if you'll give me your key, then we could maybe do it, do it, you see. And Jen, perhaps you'll go home and take the tree string off of me. Oh, Jen. Oh, Jeff, you've knocked me off my legato. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> Oh, Jeff, I feel like you might have a semi-breathe. Hey, and if you have to do a solo, I'm okay with your vibrato. Oh, Bogart. That's all I can say. Oh, Bogart. That's all I know, too. Put your flute in my tuba. We can mix together our tunes and we won't have to leave. Cause if you've got the reads Then that's all we need to believe Oh Jeff, won't you play my string section? Hit it with a hammer I'm all about that bass I don't want any of that drama My piano forte's feeling weak We could get violent 
If we don't speak, just hold, just and hold, hold it, it there. there. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, uh, Spirit of Keith Moon, how did that stack up? Oh, yeah, there are a number of points, Matt. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, one more time for Michael Bell. <laughs> All right, we come to the very last round of New Degree, duly noted. Uh, this round is called Super Battle of the Super Bands. Now, the idea is, at the end of the universe, there is one final massive concert. Uh, and so uh, I will ask the teams to assemble from throughout history the finest super band of all time uh, to play at that concert. Uh, and then uh, they will debate the merits of, that, of those bands uh, you'll get uh, a minute to state your case, a minute for rebuttal, and then a closing statement. Uh, and then you, the audience, the studio audience, will decide uh, who is the winner, and then the loser will open for the winner at that concert at the end of time. Michael Jackson Pollock, uh, I'd like you to go first. <laughs> All right, well, um, obviously, if you want to have a band at the end of the universe, um, it's just before everything is all over. So, of course, the band that we have formed is entitled... Hipster, but with um, a hashtag instead of an H at the start. Because if you're going to go out with a bang, you want to be happy that you're going out. But um, to, to represent that band, we have assembled a, a, a superhuman squad of indie singer-songwriters. When you, yeah, when you are at the end of the world, you want to reflect. And who reflects better than a singer-songwriter? So um, for poetry that touches your soul, we have Jewel as our front, mm. our front woman. She is on lead vocals and guitar. Yep. Obviously all of the members sing because you've got to have like multi-part harmony in a hipster band. Um, on uh, lead harpsichord is Mozart. Mm. And the reason, now I'm, I know you, you'll all be saying Mozart wasn't in harpsichord, that's the classical period, that was more rock period, but he was the hipster of his day. He was playing the technology from the previous period, calling it cool. <laughs> Yep. That's a joke just for me. Yeah. <laughs> on, uh, on drums, we have Karen Carpenter. Beautiful voice, beautiful drummer, beautiful singer. And on second drums, we have Freddie Mercury. We've, we have two sets of drums, and we put Freddie Mercury on the second set of drums, because that's how comfortable we are. And then finally, on, uh, on basically four different synthesizers and sample machines and triangle, we have Beck. <laughs> Amazing. Because if it's going to be a band called Hipster, you, you bet your ass it's going to have Beck in it. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, a hipster, everyone. Mm. <laughs> All right, uh, and Selenium Gomez, uh, your counter band. This is too easy. <laughs> they're, I mean, they've put forward a lot of, a big band, sure, sure. But that's not what we need at the end of the universe. At the end of the universe, we need only one performer. <sighs> and that one performer is... Kenny G. <laughs> what? Kenny G is, is, is the man who will be there at the end of the world. There are so many reasons why so it should many. be Kenny G. Yeah. First of all, the universe is about to end. You want it to drag on for as long as possible. You, you, don't want, you, you, want, you want it to feel, at least, like it is going on forever. And then you want the end of the universe to be sweet relief. <laughs> you can say... Well, at least the universe has ended. <laughs> and I don't have to listen to this anymore. This is true. This is very important. I mean, uh, 
as uh, as our as our research has informed us that uh, um, uh, Kenny G's music is actually familiar to China as as the the song that you play when it's time to get out of the store. This is true. It's, it's every closing every time. department store in China yeah. plays a song by Kenny G to indicate that it's time to leave. So and that means a fifth of the world will be like. Oh, yeah, cool. It's the end. Kenny G, it must be the apocalypse. Great, great. We're on board. We're okay with this. And everyone else will be having the feelings we described earlier of... of Relief. Relief that it's over. One more thing. Yeah. Kenny G holds the record for the longest continuous note. He, using cyclical breathing like a didgeridoo player, he played a, a single note for over 45 minutes. It was an E something, right? E, e sharp or something? We'll ask Michael later. We will. <laughs> it was an E-ish. E and as a result, he can prolong Still the end... E sharp. <laughs> he can prolong the end of the world even further. Yes. Yeah. And that is why... Kenny G is the only person you need at the end of the world. He is it's his a, own band. It's a strong argument. Over to Michael Jackson Pollock for some Brussels. Our esteemed opponents are trying to say that uh, quantity and time is better than quality. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, everyone knows that's not true. You put, no. you have two drummers! <laughs> yes! And one at a time. One of them is different qualities. It's Freddie Mercury. One at a time. Okay. Freddie Mercury is the second drummer. He is. We have two sets of drummers, so they're, they're, they're going to keep that rhythm going. And we've we've chosen people who who faced the end and, and sang sang beautifully in the face of that. Freddie Mercury is obviously the show must go on. Uh, we have uh, Karen Carpenter with her lovely oeuvre of musics, um, and and Jewel, who um, well, we just put Jewel in there because we want to know that she's going to be there when the world ends. Mm. The end of the she's universe. a comfort to all of us. Yeah, she's way. a comfort to all of us. You know. Um. And Beck. <laughs> and Beck. Yeah. All right. Uh, Selenium Gomez, you're a butthole. Of all of those bands, it's all just false hope and lies. <clears throat> right? Show must go on. The show's not going on. The universe is ending. <laughs> Jules asking, who will save your soul? Well, no one will because it's the end, it's the of, the end of the universe. Everyone's souls are okay? gone. Okay? You're not going to be on top of the world. No. no. <laughs> the, only, the only honest person you've got is Beck because everyone's a loser. <laughs> It's very true. It's you don't dare you speak that way about Mozart. Mm. Oh, yeah, Mozart. <laughs> he was okay. All right, and finally, closing statements. Kenny G falls flat. He's a Hipster, joke candidate. Yeah. Hipster will play you out with a smile. Kenneth Bruce Gorlick. <laughs> All right, uh, with those um, fantastic closing statements... Is he statements, working for the Russians? <laughs> KBG? With those closing no statements, uh, let's go to the audience uh, for, your, for your judgment. If you think Hipster should play, play us out at the end of the world and Kenny G should open for Hipster, clap now. Aww. If you think Hipster should be the opening act for Kenny G, clap now. <laughs> Resoundingly uh, in favour. Yes, as and as Katie notes, hipsters don't like to be liked anyway. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's the end of Nerd Degree, duly noted. Uh, so before these foolish games tear us apart, it's time to say uh, thank you to our studio audience for uh, coming along and supporting the Nerd Degree. 
Um, if you're listening at home, um, you already know where to find us. Studio audience, you can find us on the internet at nerddegree.com or on iTunes, search for Nerd Degree. On Twitter, we are Nerd Degree. On Facebook, look for The Nerd Degree. Uh, it's basically those two words, Nerd and Degree, uh, will find us. Um, come along to Orange Studio on the first Wednesday of every month to see the live recording of two episodes uh, and drink beer poured out of a saxophone. Yeah. You've never done that before, unless you're in our studio audience tonight. Uh, so it's time to close up the episode. Spirit of Keith Moon, what are the final scores? Before we go over the scores, Matt, did you know that although I became known for kicking over my drum kits, I only did it in exasperation at the indifference of the audience? <laughs> Makes you think, really, doesn't it? <laughs> Certainly does, Keith. Blowing up toilets, though, that's just because I was fucking insane. (laughs) What are the scores, Keith? The scores, Matt. It's a close one tonight, with Michael Jackson Pollock on 34 points. But your winners are Selenium Gomez on 37 points. Selenium Gomez! Uh, That's all from us tonight. Jeff Clark, Katie Cowan, Gino Sullivan, Brendan Bennett, I'm Matt Powell. Thank you for watching The Nerd Degree. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.